You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome Garibaldi Red. Nottingham Forest are out of the relegation zone after ending that 11-game winless run with a 3-1 victory over Brighton at the City Ground last night. A truly incredible atmosphere and joining me to discuss it, first of all, is Reds fan Michael Temple. Temps, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Matt. Very good, thank you. Good, good, good to have you with us. And returning for a second appearance after a very successful debut is Emily Anderson. Morning, to Emily. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. No pressure then. I'm a happy girl yeah. this morning. Good, good. Uh, well, hopefully Gary Bertels is a happy boy. Gary, are you well? Absolutely. See the smile on my face? I can't get it off at the moment. It was just absolutely astounding. And uh, I, I feel sorry for Temps because he just got quite lost in his own house last night by all accounts. <laughs> you throw you under the bus. Excellent. Now you're going to have to tell that story then now, Tim. Every time recently I've, I've told someone something <laughs> off air, a little quip that I didn't think we were going to mention, it's thrown straight back at me. But yeah, that is You never true. learn, do you? I had a couple of, <laughs> uh, couple of beers with Matthew Davis, Greg Mitchell, Mikey Clark in the Lord after, after the game yesterday. Uh, I must have got a little bit carried away because I fell to sleep in my bed and woke up in my son's. Um, I was completely home alone. I've been in this house for a long time. It's never happened before. I have no recollection of how I got there, why I got there. But as as G said, I've woken up today and I can't smile wide enough. Exactly. I'm, well, I'm not sure that's that scenario for too many Forest fans, but they're similarly happily stories, I'm sure. Uh, Emily, why don't you start us off? I think we said before we started, like one win changes everything. We'll probably get into that, but just the kind of the atmosphere, the emotion and the quality of the win. It, it was a great night, wasn't it? It was fantastic. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there because I was at work, but I watched it um, on my break and I, I had a very extended break. Don't tell the bosses. Um, it was one of those games, and you know, we, we've said this before, haven't we? We had to win. And all, all that was in my head was, I don't care how we win tonight, we've got to get three points. Um, and when we conceded that goal midway through the first half, I thought, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. But then clinching that equaliser just before half time, went into the half time break, and I thought, right, this is it. Steve Cooper's going to tell them we can win this. And they came out the second half attacking, confident, brilliant build up play, loved the goal from Danilo. Um, Morgan Gibbs White steps up under so much pressure to take that penalty to secure the three points for us beautiful penalty fantastic atmosphere uh, it's a total cliche but the fans really were the 12th man last night hearing what I heard on the radio watching on the television it sounded incredible in there it sounded amazing and and the main thing is we got those three points and you could see what it meant to Steve Cooper he was on his knees wasn't he when uh, Morgan Gibbs-White scored his penalty the players afterwards you can see what it meant to them obviously you can see what it means to the fans We've still got a long way to go. We've still got more wins to get in the bag. We've still got to carry on building. But after all this time of not even being able to get a point, not you know, not being able to score, suddenly we score three goals in one game. I mean, who'd have thought it? What did you make of the performance itself, Gary, just from a former player's point of view, before we get into the emotion of it? Forrest deserved it, seemed to be the consensus? Uh, without a doubt. Um, you've got to remember, we got a nil-nil at Brighton as well. You know, and they're one of the teams of the season so far, to be fair. I think everybody on Sunday was watching that semi-final, hoping and praying it was going to go to extra time and penalties. But you've still got to go and beat a very, very good side. And I think the Liverpool game has, has up the confidence level so much um, uh, with the players. And 
yeah, they had a lot of possession. You expect them to have a lot of possession, but we we cope with that possession they had. You know, before we've we've not you know maybe done it as well as we could do, and Brennan missing that penalty early on didn't knock us back. You know, it could have easily have you know just demoralised everybody, but it didn't. And and that character they showed from missing the penalty, I, I think, was admirable. And you know, two more injuries is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at the past games. Nobody's battering us at all. We're losing games by odd odd goals. We're not getting beat four and five nil or whatever. You know, we've, it's, it's all been very close. You know, the Villa game, you know, they scored their second goal in the fifth minute of injury time. And then Villa went and battered Newcastle. You know, nobody saw that coming. So I think there's a lot of positives out there. And can I just mention Joe Worrell when he came on? I thought he was mm. outstanding when he came on. Uh, never put a foot wrong. Um, I, I so impressed because it's it'd be easy to get demoralised. You know, I I know how that feels when I was at Manchester United. You know, when things aren't going for you, and I, I thought his performance under a lot of pressure was excellent. Yeah, he was brilliant. Uh, he was on my list to to get to uh, the way he played coming on after being left out. You know, that's a kick in the teeth for a, a club captain. So to put in that performance was fantastic. Pretty faultless, I thought. And we'll come on to Felipe as well. He's on our. On our list, um, Temps. I, I think it's fair to say we caught Brighton at the right time. You know, the the FA Cup came. They didn't have a striker. You know, a first choice striker. But then we had our own adversity, as Gary said. Brennan's missed penalty, near Cate's injury. To show the the guts that the players showed is it, something to give us further hope. Hopefully. Yeah, look, I, I wasn't a big fan of the first half performance. I have to say, I think the the lowly goals against the head and after the Brennan Johnson penalty miss, so it's probably 30 minutes where we were starved of possession. We couldn't retain the ball. We made 24 successful passes in the first 25 minutes. It was one-way trafficked, look, looked like attack v defence. But to hear uh, Morgan speaking at full time about the togetherness, about buying into a very deliberate game plan to sit extremely deep, to not engage the ball, um, to to not press unless they felt it was really on, um, was was yeah. Look, at, I I felt despite the goal at half time, we needed to change something, and I'm sure we'll get onto this. But I, I think the um, the the injury and the switch to the back four really really helped us. Um, there was a togetherness. They did buy into the plan. They did get the result. But that first half was extremely frustrating for me. Yes, we had a penalty. Yes, Brennan went through one on one. The Lottie goal was, uh, you know, drilled into the mixer and de- deflected in for that in for that goal. At that point, before he scored, I I couldn't see a way that we were going to establish a platform in the game. Second half, just a just a joy to behold, wasn't it? And uh, God, uh, God, I just deserves. But yeah, a lot of energy sapped out of Brighton at the weekend. It showed as the game progressed, and now we look more together. Um, more bought into the plan, more coherent and looking forward to, to two games that could re-establish our position on the right side of that relegation line. Hmm. I spoke to um, Lewis McGoogans there at half-time, Gary. I spoke to him and said, you know, what can you do? Because I thought maybe you go four-four-two to try and stop their two centre-halves getting so much of the ball. And he's like, well, Brighton is so good. You're almost damned if you do, damned if you don't. You get, they'll suck you in and they'll play through you. Steve Cooper to you know get that performance out of the man the players themselves second half it was kind of an intelligent press was it Gary they went at the right times well, I, as you know I'm not a big fan of stats and uh, you, you mentioned the possession they had it it wasn't possession that was hurting us a great deal 
you know, yeah, it looks pretty. They, they had a couple of decent runs. You thought maybe something had come of those, but nothing really did. I can't remember Navas really making a save uh, of any note apart from you know, the goal in the first half. You know, it, it looked pretty in the build-up, but pretty don't bring you wins. You know, you can be as pretty as you like and have as... 70% of possession. I mean, I think the Liverpool game, they had 80% of possession and we got beat by one goal late on. And we could have equalised late on with Brennan hitting the bar. So stats can be a little bit misleading at times. And I felt before the game, people were asking me, you know, what do you think? I said 2-1. Uh, you know, I, I fancied us to win 2-1, you know, having seen what was going on at Liverpool. And that can frighten teams sometimes when you go with, with a reputation at Anfield and things like that or Old Trafford. You can become you know, enveloped by it and, you, you know, you, you just shrink a little bit. But, you know, we didn't do that. And I think the confidence, even though losing the game, as I said before at Liverpool, I think that has given the team so much belief that we can escape relegation. You know, we've, we've got nothing to fear. The game's coming up. We've got, you know, Brentford. I, was at, I did Brentford Villa at the weekend and Brentford are beatable. You know, Villa weren't very good, but Brentford are beatable. And, you know, Chelsea can't beat anybody at the moment. Uh, you know, they're in disarray. So we've got Southampton at home. So there's nothing to fear out there at the moment. And I don't think teams will fancy playing us, you know, after seeing that last night. Is that how you see it, Emily? Because I looked at the fixtures before the game and thought, well, if we lose to Brighton, we could probably go the rest of the season without taking a point conceivably. Now I look at it and That's think, how well, you could probably get a point from every game now. Yeah, that's how I feel, actually, this morning looking at it. I, I think a point at Brentford would be great, wouldn't it? Because they don't lose many at home. Um, and, and don't underestimate as well how good Brighton are on the road. They're one of the best teams in the Premier League on the road. And and we I think we're now the second team to have, have beaten them on their travels. So, you know, like um, Gary said, they're one of the top teams in the Premier League. We kept Matoma quiet, who everyone's raving about. Um, but yeah, looking at the fixtures now, I feel like we could get a point from Brentford. We should win at home to Southampton. I even think we can take something from Arsenal at home, you know, because they're frail. Chelsea can't buy a win, can they? I mean, they can't even score a goal. So I feel like we could get something at Stamford Bridge. Um, so it looks so much more promising. And yes, it is only one win and there is still a long way to go. But that's exactly what we needed, wasn't it? We needed that one win last night, which we've now got lifted us out of the relegation zone for now. But it's just given us something to build on. Um, and before the game, I, I, I listened to a lot of uh, sort of sport on the radio and people talking about the game. There wasn't one pundit that backed us last night. Every single pundit, presenter, expert had written us off before the game had even began and they'd got it down for an easy Brighton win. Forrest are terrible at defending. Forrest can't score goals. They're relegated. And that made it even more sweeter when we won 3-1 last night. But how much pressure does that now put on everybody else around there? Because everybody had looked at that fixture it last does, night. Who yeah. there, and they would have said, oh, Brighton will beat Forest." But, you know, 3-1, it's not a, you know, it wasn't an edgy win. It was, it was a, you know, a decent win in the end. And, it was a good win. You know, a good win with so decent goals. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the finish by Danilo, you know, Danilo was absolutely superb. A lot of pressure on when you're going through one-on-one -on -one and, you know, make your mind up early. That's what I was always told. And he did. And he, he just... It was superb. And his reaction when he went behind the goal for the Forest fans in the Trent End, I thought was superb. He makes all the difference. Like, I feel like that's a real, yeah, that's such a pivotal moment for him, I think, to score that first goal for Forest. And he's so young, isn't he? And so talented. 
And now he knows he can score for Forrest. And I, I actually think that will set him alight. And I think we're going to see an improved Danilo every single game. Because a bit like Brennan, he's learning every single game he's playing, isn't he? And he can just... Gary, I don't know about you, but I can just really see that talent in him. I think he's going to be a, a superstar. It's raw. It was raw when he mm. first came. There, there's definitely... I think when he first came, you thought, well, he's a bit rash at times and he can get himself a yellow card and maybe go on to get a red card. But I think he's learning very quickly. And... Uh, I think I think that's down to the coaching staff and the manager, you know, telling you know what it's about in the Premier League. It's a hard learning curve. I've said that before at that level, and I think he's he's just taking it in his stride. And it's it's a. Oh, oh lost him. There good goes the battle's Wi-Fi. But like, making a very good point there. I think Danilo's really mature. No, 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 I, love, I love the fact it was a Manchester back. number. It was probably Manchester United wanting something off me. I don't know. Not <laughs> the goals you were meant to <laughs> score for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, temp, sorry. Um, what? Uh, yeah, Karen, make your point about Danilo, and I'll make. I'll come back on midfield in general. Look, he's matured, hasn't he? Very quickly, he arrived. His English is, is still not, not what it needs to be, but he's been part of the group now on the training ground enough to know his role in the team. He, he was the one undroppable midfielder, and we had that debate around uh, Freud's place in the team, but I think he'll struggle to get back in now for a couple of reasons. A, because the axis of Mangala and Danilo is, is so much more, uh, what's the word, dynamic, um, attack-focused, positive, but also now... Czech Koyate brings another dimension and I think further threatens the minutes that um, Freuler will, will get from, from this point on. Love the fact that Emily smells blood and she's gunning for Arsenal now. She's seen Harland rip them apart and she thinks Brennan and Morgan Gibbs-White can do the same thing. That's brilliant. And I just need to defend Navas, who did make a world-class save in the first half. I know we're going to get on and talk about the, the, the parry, which gifted them a goal, but um, yeah, for me in the game, he redeemed himself with that point blank save, which yeah. was truly incredible. Yeah, Temps, you stole all my midfield thunder there. So I just <laughs> agree with everything you said, so that's fine. Um, the goal, then, Gary, uh, as Temps says, he did make a brilliant save uh, from the young kid who scored, I think. But then the goal, you can see by his reaction, he's kicking himself, isn't he? Because he knows he's made a rick there from a terrible goal kick, and then he's parried it into danger, not for the first time. Yeah, I think he's tried to parry it, you know, as goalkeepers do and push it wide, but he, he just got it wrong. And goalkeepers sometimes do that. Even the best goalkeepers in the world get it wrong. You know, you remember Peter Shilton, you know, he's the best goalkeeper I've seen. And, uh, you know, the, the few mistakes he made, you know, you, you remember because he was that good. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it happens. And it's about the reaction to that happening and... Uh, like I said, we could have felt sorry for ourselves going behind after missing the penalty, but we didn't. It's easy to just slump and, you know, do that when you, you know you should be in the lead, you know it's an important game, you know you probably have to win the game and then you have to fight back. And and we did that absolutely superbly second half. And uh, I just think Steve Cooper de deserves all the credit for that. And the, the atmosphere we talked about in the ground was the best I've seen it this season. But it was all about him, you know. It's what you know. Majority of the uh, chants were about Steve Cooper, you know, the one that they, they all sing. It was like non-stop, and it, I, I just thought it was incredible. And it, it was, he, he thoroughly deserves it because there's been a lot of speculation about him, and uh, you know, wrongly so, because what he's done at that football club of ours is just incredible. You know, it's mm. just staggering when you you consider what he has done in the time he's been there. And, uh, you know, he, he looks like he could now, you know, keep us in the Premier League. 
I suppose the offshoot from that, Emily, is as well, this probably quells any notion of him going before the end of the season now, I would imagine, doesn't it? I really hope so. Yeah, thank God we kept him, hey? Um, he's more than proved himself. And I said the last time I was on, he's got credit in the bank no matter what. And I think, you know, even if we'd have lost last night, yeah, that would probably be another nail in the coffin for Forrest's Premier League status. But for me, not for Steve Cooper, for everything he's done. And, you, you know, you can see, can't you, what he's doing, what he's done, the way he sets up the team, the way he talks to the team. I don't know if anyone saw it. There was a picture in the dressing room last night after the game. And um, you can see behind him printed in the images on their shirts are pictures of the players' families. And I bet you that was a Steve Cooper idea. He's just made the club a family club. He's brought in the whole of Nottingham. He's brought the fans on board. And in his post-match interview last night, he wasn't getting overexcited. He said he was already thinking about the Brentford game, which he, he rightly should. But he said last night's win was for the fans. And he's absolutely right. All those thousands of fans that have stuck by him, stuck by the team, through the last 11 disappointing games. Um, and yeah, he's, he's just focused on, on making sure the fans are happy. And I think that's why we love him so much. And I'm just so glad that the owners weren't trigger happy and fired him. And I just think we'd be in such a worse position now. I've been reading the reports on, on the game and every one of them mentioned the atmosphere. You know, the, it, it, it's staggering that, you know, the city ground is, you know, everybody said, well, our fans are this and that. But, you know, every opposition who you come to the city ground, they know the atmosphere is going to be as it is. And, you know, for it to be in every more or less every report about the game, you, you know, it speaks volumes for the fans and how they feel. It says um, a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whenever I've bumped into away fans, you know, if you're on the way to the ground, they're scared and they say, oh, I've heard the city ground's got, you know, quite a good atmosphere. I said, oh, yeah, you, you ain't quite, seen yet. Quite a good one. Quite a good atmosphere. I remember some Man City fans were very cocky um, on the way to the game saying to me, oh, yeah, I hear you, you know, you're quite loud. Yeah, yeah, you just wait, see what it's like. It's fantastic. Um Going back to the second goal, Gary, I'll throw this one to you because uh, a one year, I, I like he's so unpolished, but I can't, I've come to love him because a bit like yourself, he, Matt. Well, exactly, but he <laughs> gives everything, doesn't he? And he does make a difference. He had a hand in the first goal because he laid it out to Loddy after holding it up well, and then he was the one who released Danilo. So uh, I know he missed a decent chance, but he made a good contribution to the game again, didn't he? As that focal point in attack, well, he gives you that outlet, doesn't he? He's a nuisance, he's a pest. You know, he's a bit like Keenan David, you know, when we had him on loan. Uh, you know, he backs into centre-halves. He makes it uncomfortable for I don't think people see that. Because I, I, as an ex-striker, I watch what he does. And he does. He makes life very difficult for centre-halves. You know, when he goes up to head it, he's, he, you know, tries to uh, tread on the feet and things like that. You know, just to dislodge them a little bit. Because, you know, Dunk's a big big lad he's a big you know he's, he's in good form at the moment and he's he's a difficult opponent so to unsettle players like that you need to have a bit of nous and uh you know i think that goes a little bit unnoticed at times you know everybody expects strikers you know to, to score goals and you know be this that and the other but you, you'd sometimes miss what they do in that respect as well and uh, he, he does that very well have you seen an evolution in him, Temps, as a player? Because I think when we saw the Bundesliga highlights from him, a lot of it was running in behind in that left-hand channel. I don't think he necessarily loves the battle initially, but I think he's he's come to enjoy it, hasn't he? He had a right ding-dong with Kanate at Liverpool as well. Yeah, he's, well, he's had to uh, become more involved in aerial duels because he's the only player in that front three that's uh, adept in doing that. It's clearly something that's been worked on because, as you said, the, the footage that was available last year was him running in behind 
often using his upper body to hold off hold off defenders. And as it turns out, that's that's not how we've looked to, to play this season. There's been times when we've been under the pump and we needed to relieve pressure with the long ball. And in the early part of the season, without that physical presence up top, it it, it just wasn't working. Look, we've we've missed him. I'll put Aurier and Koyate into that same bag of players that showed what they can do. And then we were devoid of them for um, extended periods of time for injury. He's more than earned his place in the side now. I think there's still a feeling that he's not a 90-minute man. And it was almost inevitable that he would be uh, withdrawn as he was last night. But he he did his job. And that that assist um, for the Danilo goal was was born out of you know, more aggressive pressing. We weren't looking to tackle where we were, look, we were looking to intercept. But when that moment was on, he took that one bad touch, Danilo and Taiwo um, hounded him and got and, and, and that led to the goal. The one disappointment for me, ball broke to him, left side of the box. It was a really tame shot of the keeper. That was um, a, a better chance than he made it look and a bit more composure, maybe an extra touch could have, you know, fur- further enhanced our return from the, from the first half. He's raw, he's ungainly. But there's some method in that physical presence, and we're a much better side for having him in it. Temps mentions Kriate and Aurier, and it kind of leads me inadvertently on to Nico Williams. Um, his performance, Emily, again, it's interesting. He was signed as a right wing back, and I feel like you have to judge him as a right wing back, really. I know he, he hasn't done as well at right back, but once again, he was great, and his injury was really unfortunate, wasn't it? Yeah, it's really worrying. And I have to say, um, I wish him well and I really hope he's okay. I know he had to go off to hospital, didn't he? So I really hope he's okay. It looked quite nasty. And um, and yeah, he's another one that's faced a lot of flack, hasn't he, from some fans. But actually, he's been playing out of position. And I think last night, having Aurier back gave him a little bit more freedom, didn't it? Because he didn't have to be quite so defensive. And up until his injury, I thought he played really, really well. And actually he, he could have scored, couldn't he, had he not got booted in the face by Brennan. Um, so it is a worry. Um, and I would say ordinarily, had we not won last night, I'd be, I'd be seriously worried about how would, would we cope without Nico now? Cause the last few games, he's really shown his ability, hasn't he? But uh, it's next man up, isn't it? Hopefully he's okay. Um, and it's, it's not too serious, but I, I think he's certainly earned his shirts over the past few games, particularly. Um, but for me, the big, the big, the big one was Aurier. To have Aurier back was was just huge. He's just a force to be reckoned with. His attitude, um, the the way he is with the ball, the way he 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 scares the play. He, it, was he up against Matoma last night? He's so the one can't, that kept yeah. Matoma. Yeah, he was the one that kept Matoma quiet. Who's who's been so influential for Brighton. So yeah, for me, having Aurier back was just just huge. Him celebrating earning a goal kick was one of the the highlights <sighs> of the night at the end. That was brilliant and did you notice at any of those moments towards the end the defenders were celebrating like they'd scored a goal yeah was a hit one out um stopping Brighton from scoring you thought yes <laughs> I was like this is what we want from our defenders and they they were all like it last night the interesting thing I was saying about Koyate and Aurier Gary is as well as Nico played is it fair to say Forrest had a better shape when he went off and they looked more in control with Aurier as a right back and Koyate adding a real presence to midfield? Um, I, I, I think that's a little bit unfair. I, I think because those options you now have, we talked about injuries, uh, we've got quite a few, but we've got quite, you know, players coming back from injury as well, which is massive for us going, you know, to the end of the season because we've lost McKenna, Bolly's out, you know, we've lost key players. 
Um, and and that's, that was the turnaround when Bolly and uh, McKenna were playing. That's when we were winning games and getting stuff out of games. And it's gone downhill a little bit since then. Uh, but to have the quality of player we've got coming back and just up near Carty's all right. You know, he went off and that, that could be a concern. But if Worrell comes in and does does what he did last night, then, you know, we should be fine. Um, but I think the options Steve has now, um, you know, positive-wise in midfield, I think at times we've lacked mobility, we've lacked energy in midfield, pace. And I think we've got that now. And, you know, I think the game plan he was talking about was, you know, defending deep and not pressing, you know, so we could get punished. But, you know, when we did press, that goal from uh, Danilo, that that's, was pure, you know, pressure. It was good pressure. Um, we broke free and, and we scored a goal. And if we can do that and not be rash in doing it, I, I think he's got the players on side with what exactly he wants them to do, uh, despite maybe them wanting to get forward and get on the front foot. Um, I think the game plan worked because, you know, you heard Morgan Gibbs-White talk about it. You heard Steve Cooper talk about it. And the players have got to buy into that. And it certainly looked like that way last night. And that can only bode well for the, the rest of the season because we have pace on the break. We have creativity. We have, you know, players who can make things happen in that final third. And I think that's what's let us down a little bit in games. You know, we, we look OK and then we get around the box and it all comes to, a, you know, a halt. But I think now we've got, you know, more than one player who can hurt the opposition. You know, I think Brennan bore the brunt of pressure because he was scoring all the goals now I think there are other players who you know can chip in they can help they can create and you know there's still a long way to go you know don't let's think we're safe because we're not but uh, the signs last night against a very good team were very good indeed yeah that team that finished the game or, or well with you know with before Toffolo and uh, IU came on and they did their part but I, I think that back four looks strong. Like uh, Mitoma was really good first half, but Aurier really quieted him down. And that midfield, Kriate, Mangala, Danilo looks a lot more dynamic. And I'd back them to to get the points. Um, the penalty attempts, the third one. Uh, the person next to me, John, and his sister Emma. Uh, Emma, I don't think that he couldn't watch it. Um, and he he gave me massive, <laughs> well, he gave me a huge hug afterwards. I don't think I've hugged anyone like that in for, forever, but it shows the emotion, what it meant. Gibbs White, so much pressure. What did you make of it? Did you back him? Look, the, let's just talk about pressure. What Brighton did in making Brennan wait as long as he did to take his penalty was a factor in him missing that. There was a bit of a veteran play from Andre Ayew, wasn't there, in, in shaping to take the penalty, telling Morgan Gibbs-White to remove himself to, to clear his head. And then once um, Brighton's discussions with the ref had subsided, Morgan steps up and, and places it. I thought his method was really sound. He had that sort of step, didn't he? He waited for the keeper to move and um, stroked, it, stroked it low to the right. Whereas Brennan's penalty was at the, the perfect height for a keeper to save. And if he guesses the right way, he was always going to save it. Did I back I him to said, score? As a senior player, if I'd have been out there, I'd gone up to uh, Brennan then and said, right, just smash it down the middle. Mm. Don't don't try me clever. Just smash it down the middle. If the keeper saves it, fine. But, you know, all that pressure on you to, you know, wait in, just go and, you know, the number of players you see smash it down the middle and goalkeepers have to dive one way. So, you know, in that circumstance, if you've got any issues or any nerves, you know, just smash it. And people will think, 
yeah, he's done the right thing there. My son texts me straight away. Why didn't he stick it down the middle? You know, it's easy because pressure is, you know, I was, I, I wasn't very good at penalties. I scored one against Chelsea and missed one against Chelsea, uh, the city ground, because John Robertson wasn't playing. It was the second greatest penalty taker of all time uh, behind Letizia. Um, You know, so it, it is pressure. But I think when somebody with a bit of experience sort of just whispered in his ear, right, just smash it down the middle. Don't worry if you miss it. You're doing the right thing. But for me, for me now, having overcome that pressure, having scored in a pressure moment, Morgan Gibbs White grabs the ball now. If we get another penalty next week and Brennan's on the pitch, I want to see Morgan step up and do what he's done. That's leadership. That's proving yourself to the team. That's being the focal point that we wanted him to become. That's relieving a bit of pressure off Brennan Johnson, who still has a massive role in this team with his with his pace and poise in in open play. But the next penalty we want to get, we get. I want to see Morgan Gibbs White grab the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I should give another word for one other player. Felipe, absolute hero. Hadn't won a game for Forrest until last night. Mad uh, stat, isn't it? That's his first win. And he's been superb. Give us a word on, Emily, on, on him, Emily. Well, you know I love Felipe anyway. Uh, slightly worried within the first five minutes. He got himself into a little bit of bother, didn't he? Got himself an early yellow card and thought, oh no, oh no, is this going to dull Felipe's fire? But it certainly didn't, did it? He is what we've been crying out for for such a long time. His physicality, his the way he just goes for it every time. And he doesn't care, does he? In his mind, he just wants to get that ball. And I just think he is one of the reasons why we haven't been leaking in the goals. Gary Bertels, you said earlier that, um, you know, we haven't been pummeled four or five nil by anyone, but that's probably largely down to his defending. You know, he has kept us, in a, as, as well as Navas with some superb saves, Felipe has been that last line of defence. And if we could have a back four of Felipe's, we'd be fine. But yeah, I thought last night it was another brilliant game from him. I was so thrilled that he finally got the win. Um, because you can't believe, can you, that someone of that ability and, uh, you know, could maybe go away leaving Forest without having won in the Forest shirt. But yeah, it was great. Great that he got the win last night. He's well, a I've beautiful man as well. I'm, I'm thinking of dyeing my hair black and getting a man bun. Do you know what? A, a, lot of my, a lot of my male friends have, have a lot of love for Felipe and said that, you know, he, yeah. And I mean, we all love Felipe, don't we? Well, I've watched him in training. He's the same in training as he, out, he is I on I can imagine. Pitch. Yeah, I can he, imagine. No, he doesn't hold back at all. No, and, uh, no. His leadership qualities, you can see it. And I, I think players around him, you know, feel it as well. You know, they look up to him a little bit as well. And talking about haircuts, you see Haaland last night. He didn't have his yeah. bum when he scored. <laughs> Crying, he, he, his hair was down the back of his neck. He's longer hair than you, I think, Emily. Hasn't he? <laughs> I think he has. It was, yeah. Um, yeah, it was like Chesney Hawks, wasn't it? Off of the, uh, off <laughs> Crikey. Of the 80s. Yeah. Now, now you're going back. Chesney um, Hawks, my word. Or, or... Aurier and Felipe had a right row in the second half, and it was Lodi's fault for playing so much deeper than everyone else. Do, do you like that, though, Gary, that players are I willing to tear strips off each other? Oh, I love it. Absolutely. Um, some, uh, you, you can overdo it sometimes. I remember um, Peter Shilton had a go at Larry Lloyd um, uh, on the pitch. I think he'd given a penalty away. It was a pre-season game and, uh, in front of everybody. And... Uh, I think Larry got him by the throat in the dressing room at half time and said, you know, yeah, have a go at me, but not on the pitch. But I think sometimes now, you know, the fans appreciate it as well. They can see that desire, that, you know, uh, willingness to, you know, want to win, 
at any cost and, you know, to give your teammate a little bit of a rollicking if, if, if need be. And I, I always like that. If somebody had a go at me, I, it made me roll my sleeves up and say, right, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to do, you know, things right. Because you can switch off. But at that level, if you switch off, you get punished. I've said this so many times. You know, if you lose concentration, and I think it's good to have a, you know, a dig in the ribs from your teammates at times because it does really help you know, uh, and, and make you focused again and, and do the right thing the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, final whistle celebrations, Temps. Brilliant scenes. Interesting that Cooper didn't do the fist pumps. We were talking about that in the pub after with Greg. He, he liked that. What do you make of him not doing it? There's method to everything he does. I think the short shrift he gave to John Joe Shelby's um, reaction to not being selected has had a galvanising spirit. The message to the fans that he's not celebrating that win because we're still in danger, we haven't finished the job, is is important. Everybody gets it. The reaction of the crowd to, to, to that was, was positive. The reaction when Morgan finished his media and did his lap of honour was, was, was positive. There were moments in that second half where the city ground was as loud as I've, I've known it at any point in the last 18 months. And we, you know, there was a period when we were setting records every week. Coops knows what he's knows what he's doing. He's trying to um, have the collective of the supporters, the coaches, the players, the wider squad, the injured players buy into this this mission. And for me now, he will not. Um, celebrate anything other than survival the steps along the way to him is, is just you know part of part of this wider mission he's he's got a, a singular focus and not pumping not pumping the air last night referring to it in the me- into the media afterwards as to why he did that will have a, a further galvanizing effect on the fan base and the and the players and yeah look he's um he's done two key things this week that and the shelby thing that i think has had uh a real positive effect. Clever, clever management. Clever use of the media. Clever, um, you know, getting that story out through through John Percy would it would have been deliberate at some level. I'm, I'm sure. I think, um, yeah, the the manner in which he's behaved this week has been a key factor in engineering that win. It's interesting in the pub after you said it had post Sheffield United vibes. Is, mm-hmm. I think that's true. Is that a good thing? You think? Um, so I just lost you a little bit there in my ear, but um, yeah, look, the, the the atmosphere was back, and the, the Forest fans want to celebrate success. And we've had a really frustrating period of eleven games where it, it hasn't gone for us. We almost lost our manager, and we're having endless debates about which players to bring in. So it's it's just nice to have this discussion um, off the off the back of a, a win. And I think there are still some naysayers out there. There are still people in the comments um, questioning Cooper's future. If we're going to stay up this season, it's because of Steve Cooper. Mm-hmm. The pressure that he's under is of his own making because he overachieved last year. Let's just park that, mm-hmm. put that to bed, mm-hmm. get behind the boys, recreate last night's atmosphere at every game we have between now and the end of the season, and we've got a fighting chance. And we'll be we're playing Sheffield United next season. And that'll be a huge achievement. Yeah, We'll be yeah, playing Sheffield United next season now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they've done well to go up, to be fair to them. Yeah. Um, just looking forward then quickly, Emily, I suppose the danger is that we get a bit carried away and think we're safe. Uh, I suppose, has all this result done is open the door now to, to an yeah. opportunity for safety? 
to me, this has just given us a step up, hasn't it? Um, we're, we're nowhere near safe yet. We're on 30 points. We need, I reckon, at least another two mm. wins and a draw. Do, we, do you think only that? I think, I think we need at least another couple of wins to be sure of safety. I don't think that, that team will get carried away because I don't think Steve Cooper will let them. Um, as he said, the reason he didn't fist bump, his focus is on the next game. His focus is on getting ready for Brentford, as it should be. And the lack of fist pumps for me shows his intent. He wants to keep us up. That is his main aim. He'll fist pump once we're safe and we will all be behind him for that. Uh, yeah, it did feel a bit like post Sheffield United afterwards last night. But it, for me, it, it's just given me a bit of hope that actually we're not ready yet. We're not ready to go down. And, and I don't think we will. I think that this hopefully is the first step in our fight for survival. And hopefully by the time we get to Crystal Palace away on the final game. It'd be nice to go into that game knowing we're safe, wouldn't it? I think that's our hardest game, looking at the fixtures. Yeah. From, you know, I've seen Crystal Palace a couple of times. I've done them in the past few weeks and, you know, they've looked strong. Uh, I did them against Leicester and, yeah, you thought there's no way, you know, they're going to go down. I don't think they will. And you don't think West Ham, despite losing last night, will go down. You think they've got enough to stay up. Uh, Southampton, you know, it's a big game for them tonight. They've got Bournemouth tonight. So maybe we want Bournemouth to do us a favour or just, you know, a, a point each would do. So it, you know, dragged Bournemouth a little bit closer to us and they feel the pressure. You know, it's, it's not just about our games. It's, you know, other teams have got, you know, t difficult games to play as well. Um, it's just when they play each other that's the, you know, the problem because, you know, they can pull away from us. But we're, we're, we're in contention now. And I, I don't see anything to frighten, as I said that before, uh, because I, I still believe that Liverpool game could be pivotal uh, in, in what happens for the rest of the season. Because I think everybody saw that after what Liverpool did to Manchester United as a game where we could get absolutely hammered. And I think it took people a lot of, by surprise that it was as close as it was, despite their possession. You know, we, we lost by a goal and, you know, Brennan hit the bar in the last couple of minutes and could have come away with a point which would have been brilliant. But despite that, it gives you great a great lift knowing you've played one of the better sides, having beaten them at home 1-0 and nearly getting a point away at Anfield, you know, which is always one of the hardest grounds in, in football to go to. So I, I think that was a, a pivotal point in what the, we've got re, uh, left for the rest of the season. Mm, I just hope we take it to the last day. And I think we will now. I'm just looking at the table. I mean, Everton are playing tonight against Newcastle and I really hope Newcastle win and I hope Leicester beat them as well because I think Leeds are, look like they're really struggling. And the other team, I watched Bournemouth v West Ham on Saturday. They were absolutely dire. I know they've got 33 points, but if there's a team that might just get, you know, hoovered back into it, you never know. You never know. Yeah, you know what I they feel did, like that. What they did against Arsenal, you know, and they, what they did against they won at Tottenham, mind you. Everybody's beaten Tottenham. Say, Tottenham I not read too much so, into that. <laughs> yeah, but you know what they did against Arsenal when you know Arsenal were doing you know really well. Um, they just absolutely flattened at, at the moment, Arsenal. But yeah, yeah it, it, it nerves are going to come into it. You know, the closer we get to the end of the season, you will see nervous teams not wanting to lose. And I think what impressed me last night. It was we wanted to win. We we didn't play not to you know to lose not to lose. We played you know to go and win a, a football match, and we went on and won a football match instead of maybe saying right, okay, let's try and hold on to this. Yeah, it didn't have that feel about it last night, which I I was impressed with. 
And our heads yeah. didn't drop after going one nil down. And it never felt like that. It never felt like we were going to lose last night. And like you say, it was a convincing victory. It wasn't a smash and grab, was it? And I think that made a huge difference as well. And it was the first game they've won after conceding first as well, which is a big psychological yeah. boost as well. First time they've scored three goals in a game this season as well. Yep, yeah, five in and, two and games. And every other game we've scored two in, we've not won the game. <laughs> that, you know, two against, Fulham, Leicester. Two against Fulham, Leicester, two against yeah. Everton. <laughs> Two yeah. against Liverpool, yeah. It's, it's, so it was, uh, yeah, good to break that little bit of a hoodoo. Now it's back in our, you know, Forest hands temps. Just looking ahead to Brentford quickly. Uh, Firstly, we'll see if you can say their team name right, uh, and then give us <laughs> give us some thoughts uh, on on the game, how we go about it. Does it have to be like that, the kind of Liverpool template again? Maybe even Brennan comes out of the team, depending on who's actually fit to play. What do you think? Well, I'll address the dig first. And yes, I have had elocution lessons and can now pronounce Brighton and Brentford perfectly. Thank you for your concern. But you can't um, find your room. That's the problem. Yeah, I can't find my <laughs> bedroom. But yeah, aside from that, I'm doing okay. My, my route to safety, as I spoke about last week, required us to beat Brighton, requires us to beat Southampton and requires us to beat Palace. I haven't got us down for, for winning at the weekend, but... Beating Brentford would put us ahead of schedule for me and make me feel far more comfortable. A draw would be a good point. How do we go about that? We ain't moving from the blueprint of the last two games in terms of style of play, camping, soaking up pressure, springing on the brakes, seeing what we can do. The interesting decision for me is, do we shift to a back four in the absence of Nico Williams, stick Aurier at, at right back and, and, and play that in the, in the traditional sense? Or is there going to be some kind of make weight with maybe Toffler on the left-hand side and Lodi coming to the right so he can maintain the five? My hunch is we'll maintain the same style of play. We'll look to reintroduce Czech Coyate on the basis of how many minutes can you give us, mate? Because we're going to give you as many as you can handle. Uh, I think that we, we, we stick to what's been successful um, in terms of chance creation for the past couple of games. I'd like to see slight, slightly more aggression and prevalence of the press because of the success that we had in, in counter-pressing when they, when they retained possession, in Nico winning the penalty, in Danilo dispossessing them for the, for the goal. But yeah, we ain't going to go to Brentford and have long spells of possession. We're going to try and be efficient with it nick a goal against the head and then defend again for our lives. But I have a hunch that he'll, re he'll revert to the back four, given the injuries that are mounting again and the personnel that are now available once more. Mm. I think what we've got, the, the thing with uh, Brentford, they've gone a little bit, you know, they were in contention for European place. Now it's flattened out. And what I saw against Villa didn't frighten me at all. Yeah, uh, Ivan Tony, you know, he, he scored a really good goal and the, the uh, the key player for them when he's on form, Wombo, he, he made the goal for him and he, he's a threat if you let him be a threat. But I think, uh, you know, Villa gave him far too much space, far too much room at times. Uh, I don't think we'll do that. And I did, honestly, Villa were, I was so disappointed. I was really looking forward. I've not seen them all season live and I was expecting, you know, this, that and the other and it, it didn't materialise. It looked flat as a pancake and, yeah, give them credit, they came back late. But Brentford have got a habit of playing well in the first half and then just dropping right off in the second half. And, you know, are, are, are they on the beach already? You know, we use that phrase often. Maybe they are. Um, but 
as I say, nothing to fear whatsoever. The, you know, Ben Me is, you know, he's he's done a, an amazing job for them, but he's 33. You know, you can get at him. Um, you know, the back four, you know, aren't impenetrable at all. Uh, so, you know, we've got pace in there. We've now got creation. And I think it's a great opportunity to get something, like you said, temps, and be ahead of the schedule you thought, you know, we'd, we'd be at this stage. Mm, yeah. I mean, they did have a really good win last night, but again, Chelsea are just a club in oh, crisis. I think so, yeah. Um, a point, a great result for you, Emily, do you think, if we can Saturday, go there? Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely, definitely take a point. And, we, well, I don't think we'll get more, but we could get more because, as you say, their season's effectively over, isn't it? Because they're not pushing for Europe now. They're safe, obviously, from relegation. Um, so let's let's go there with that attitude. Like Temp said, you know, if we can continue like we're having the last couple of games um, with that press, you never know what might happen. But I'd be delighted with the point. In my little, you know, I've gone through each game as to what we could get. And for me, it, it, it's a point on Saturday. It's an intelligent Great. press though, Emily, isn't it? It's, yeah. It, it's not a rash, you know, in, in, in the past, I think we've been a little bit rash in the, you know, the pressing. I think there's more sense to it now. I think the players have realised that, it, you know, it has to be done in a certain way. And if you can, if, if everybody buys into that, then you've got a massive chance. And I think that proved it last night and probably proved it at Anfield at, uh, at the weekend. Hmm. And know, I think you, Morgan Gibbs-White coming into form as well has had a lot to do with that, don't you think? Because he's been quiet, really, you know, and we've, we've not been getting results. And then he seems to have come alive in the last few games and he's got that creativity that we know he's got, he's managed to, to use um, to his ability and he's helped the players around him as well. I think the, the reason for that, Emily, is because before, I think all the it was all on his shoulders in, mm -hmm. that, in that position where, you know, front, Brennan's had the pressure and playing just behind he has. But now, with Danilo coming in and, and doing so well, it takes the pressure off him a little mm -hmm. bit. You know, he, he can modify his game a little bit and not, you know, be the one expected to do everything all the time. Uh, because I think that, that's been on his shoulders a little bit. And, uh, you know, when you've got players around him who can take that pressure off, you know, it releases, you know, him as a player to do what he does best. Yeah, he was billed when he signed as a defensive midfielder. It's interesting how Cooper's used him because he's seen his energy and his dynamism. That He is the, the guy who can break beyonds and can run in behind, which we've not had in midfield all season. He's something different. Which is one of the problems around the recruitment that they don't the players much for muchness, but Danilo is something different. I think you know. Yeah, he's, Danilo's he's going to that be a luxury. Yeah, Danilo's that luxury. I feel and and Gibbs White. I think it, Gary, you'll know better than me, being a, a former footballer. But he seems to have a really special way of moving the ball. He does it like no one else does in our team. He's he's got that creativity and that the movement that I don't think any of the other players necessarily have. And that's probably a good thing that he's, he's slightly different. Um, yeah, I, I, I quite agree. And I think Mangala's, you know, could be a key as well because he's a stabiliser who allows Gibbs White and uh, Danilo to do what they do best. When you know you've got that sort of player. I mean, we had John McGovern, you know, when, when we were playing. He was the stability in that midfield. You know, he, he would get a, a rollicking off the gaffer if he went across the halfway line sometimes. And, and when you know you've got that sort of player with that sort of dedication to what he has to do, then it gives the players around him, you know, so much belief and so much, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, just belief, really, that you, you can go and do your job and know that you've got somebody like him behind who's going to do his job magnificently. 
and it makes a hell of a lot of difference. It's like when you, as a defender, you've got a goalkeeper who'll come out and, and catch the ball and take the pressure off you as a defender. It just helps you. And as a striker, you know, you've got support from just behind you. You know, it, it's it's a team thing. It's uh, And it's, it's, it's just so important when you have players like that around you and you believe in them and you believe you can do it because of them. And I think that's what, you know, I saw last night, uh, you know, quite a bit. And I think that uh, has really helped that midfield. That it's fluent, it's it's creative, uh, it's stabilised a little bit, you know, and you know, that gives everybody so much belief in in, in winning a football match. Mm, mm, true. Uh, Greg's desperate for me to say about uh, Gibbs White loving his new chance in the front of the lower Bridgeford at the end when they were singing and Gibbs White nodding along and smiling. So, yeah, that's good. That's good. Hopefully he gets to roll that out a few more times and keeps banging a few more goals in. Uh, any other final words, Temps, before we go? Any other business? No, again, just repeat what I what I said. We, we have a chance to get ahead of schedule now. Um, be under no mistake that this they're on the beach nothing to play for blah 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 they're a very committed bunch with a good manager and a very dangerous striker i'm hoping felipe can sweep up and put in his pocket but um yeah look we're in a we're in a game on saturday and i'm i'm right behind the boys no panic if we don't get the points there is a route we can stay up now off the back of last night that doesn't require us to get a result on saturday but wouldn't it be great if we did and we could start. We could we could picture perhaps going to Crystal Palace with absolutely no other thought than having a lovely day out. I um, that's that's my picture of success. Enjoying the final day of the season rather than having three heart attacks and and biting all my nails off. And yes, with this newfound confidence, if Cooper says the right things and sets us up in the right way, we can go there and cause an upset. Uh, as Glenn says in the comments, there's 500 people watching, 555 people watch. That's just on YouTube. So if you're enjoying it, do give us a like and subscribe. And also, uh, there's more people watching on Facebook as well. So like and subscribe there. Uh, anything you want to add, Emily, before we depart? Just similar to what Temp said, keep the faith. We've got this. We made our first step last night. Let's try and get a point, if not three, at Brentford. And if we don't, it's not the end of the world. Keep the faith with Cooper. Don't listen to most of the national pundits because they've already got us relegated. We'll just keep going, doing our business. And then at the end of the season, when we stay up, we can enjoy a summer break and start again next season. True, true. Don't listen to the national pundits, just listen to us. Uh, <laughs> Gary, Gary is a national pundit, yeah. Sorry, Gary. I'm not a co-commentator. I'm not a pundit. Pundits are <laughs> those who sit on the backsides in the studio. I'm not one of them. Um, going back to players having you know having a go at each other, we mentioned the you know um, the the forest lads having a little dig at each other. I, I I was really impressed with what I read about if it's true about Manchester City uh, when you know after the game at the City Ground where you know they should have won that game you know we equalised late on they got together and said we cannot do that again we can't you know dominate a game like that and not win it and since that game. They've been unstoppable. And I think that speaks volumes for players when they can get together off their own back because everything's done for players now uh, and say, right, that's not going to happen again. And it hasn't. They've just absolutely slaughtered everybody they've been playing. You know, in Europe, nobody wants to play Manchester City at the moment. We saw last night, they battered Arsenal. And uh, I think for players to come together as a group and say that's not acceptable, 
you know, I, I think speaks volumes. And I, I love that because footballers get a lot stick, um, you know, sometimes rightly. But when they come together like that and they are the best team in the world at the moment for me, Manchester City, with one of the greatest strikers ever, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I don't care, you know, how old he is or whatever. Uh, I think that's, you know, that really lifted me when I heard that they got together and said that. If they win the league, we know why now. It's because of Forrest kicking yeah. them into gear. So, yeah, you owe us one, Pep. Uh, a couple from me, <laughs> quickly. Uh, a quick plug for a charity match on uh, Sunday. Uh, yeah, this Sunday, 1pm at Carlton Town in aid of the war in Ukraine. Uh, teams from England, Ireland, Poland and Ukraine playing off. So, uh, get down there if you can and support a good cause. Uh, secondly, just from me, I don't know. I just, I just love last night. Like People know it's no secret because my job, you know, I don't get to go to many games because my job's working during football hours. So to get there and be in that crowd, and I mentioned John and Emma before, and you know, never met them before, but hugging them during the match, hugging the guy who may or may not have been coked up to the nines in front of me, um, enjoying his <laughs> enjoying his evening uh, was was great. And then the pub afterwards with all the boys, um, I don't know, I just love it. The power I put on Twitter yesterday, the power of what a win can do for a team, a fan base, and you as an individual. It's massive. Like driving home, I was loving it, buzzing. Couldn't get to sleep till one o'clock in the morning. Woke up this morning feeling fresh as a daisy in the in right bed. Own, in your own bedroom. In my <laughs> own bed. <laughs> and, this, and this is why we love it, isn't it? You know, when we go through these terrible games where we lose and we go on these horrendous runs and you think, oh, why do I like football? I wish I wasn't a football fan. It's moments like last night, which is why we... Support our team through thick and thin. Not, not and just those... a football fan, Emily. This is what being a Forest fan is all about. Sorry, a Forest fan. Yeah, Forest Arsenal fan. fans crying because they lost to Man City. They're top of the league in the season. Exactly yeah, that. This is what being a Forest fan is like. It is stressful. Yeah. <laughs> they really my, my phone's just come up with low battery, so it could pop out at any minute. So. And you'll have to deal with it. When, when, we, <laughs> when right. we win, have these streaks, have players and managers that we believe in, create an atmosphere in our ground. We we, we feel it. And, and you know, this is why we're the best club in the world and why we've got the best fans in the world because of what we go through every single week. <laughs> we never exactly. do it easy. So Exactly. I should say, as I, I agree with what Emily says, but I thought the Brighton fans were good last night. Chanting, when Forest yeah. fans chant, Champions of Europe, you'll never sing that. And they chant it back, Champions of Sussex, you'll never sing that. Which I thought was like <laughs> self-deprecating and quite funny. So, yeah, a good note to end on. Um, best wishes to Nico Williams. Hope he's all right. Mm. Uh, didn't look very pretty at the end there. And Neocarte, uh, yeah. And Neocarte, a big, important yes. player for us. Those hamstrings aren't in great shape, but hopefully he can soldier on through till the end of the season, if that's what the problem was. I assume it was. There was a pain in the arse not having those long throws last night. It really... Halted our, halted our momentum in the first half. But, um, yeah, a great night. Uh, loved it. Hopefully we kick on now. We'll be back. I think we might be back on Tuesday. I've actually got a, a bank holiday off, so we might do the post-Brentford one on Tuesday. But in the meantime, Temps, thank you very much. Cheers, everybody. Emily, thank you. Good to have you with us again. Thank you. Gary, always good to have you with us before your battery dies. Absolute pleasure, as always. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who's watched along as normal. Uh, great to have your company, all the comments, and uh, nice to have a positive one. It has been quite immensely draining doing this uh, at times over the last 11 games. So to, to be sitting here now talking about a win is brilliant. Hopefully there's a few more to come and at least a point at Brentford. In the meantime, have a good few days and we shall see you soon. <laughs>